No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the third Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. What does a mother say to her son who will be king? Today we consider the advice that King Lemuel's mother gives to her son about being a good king. Could Lemuel have been Bathsheba's name for her son Solomon? We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Proverbs chapter 31 on Simply the Bible. What kind of advice would a mother give to her son if she knew he would be king? Well, that's what Proverbs 31 is all about. This chapter concludes this amazing book of wisdom called Proverbs. Proverbs 31, the words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him. We don't know who King Lemuel is. There is no record of a King Lemuel in scripture other than here. The name Lemuel means of God or dedicated to God. Now, many people think that Lemuel may have been another name for Solomon. Of course, Solomon was the second child of David and Bathsheba. Bathsheba was married to Uriah the Hittite when David took her. She became pregnant, and for this act of adultery, the child died. But Bathsheba became pregnant again and gave birth to Solomon. Now, God called him Jedidiah, which means beloved of the Lord. It is possible that Bathsheba gave Solomon the pet name of Lemuel, in which case this chapter would be Solomon relating the advice that he received from his mother Bathsheba. What, my son? And what, son of my womb? And what, son of my vows? There is a special connection between a mother and her son. Now, I know this from personal experience. My mother and father had my sister 12 years earlier than having me. And after my father came back from World War II, he had been a radar operator on a B-29 bomber. Well, he was judged to be impotent because of radiation exposure. And so my mom just went to bat in prayer. She took as her text... Hannah praying for uh, a son, and God gave her Samuel. And so my mom also said, Lord, if you give me uh, a son, I will dedicate him to you and raise him in the way of the Lord. And she kept praying. Twelve years later, (laughs) I I was born. And so uh, I understand a bit about a mom praying for her son, praying that her son would even be born. And then following that, seeking to dedicate him and train him up in the way of the Lord. And I think clearly that this is what happened here because the mother says to King Lemuel, what, son of my vows? So when Bathsheba or whoever it was who was King Lemuel's mother calls him son of my vows, it would seem to indicate that she had dedicated him to the Lord. Now, Hannah, as I said, did this with Samuel. It would seem that Jochebed also did this with Moses. And we would infer that Elizabeth also did this with John the Baptist, since he would be a Nazarite from birth and would not eat grapes or drink any fruit of the vine. If Bathsheba 
did dedicate Solomon to the Lord, then it would make sense why she would call him Lemuel, meaning of God. But regardless of who King Lemuel was, obviously his mother cared about training him in the way of the Lord. Thus she gave him good counsel. Now we see that Joseph and Mary also dedicated Jesus to the Lord in Jerusalem after the days of Mary's purification according to the law of Moses. We take this as our cue to also dedicate children to the Lord. This is one of my delights as a pastor. We give it a prime time place in our Sunday morning service, but the dedication is really a vow or a commitment by the parents to bring up their children in the way of the Lord and how important it is to do that. What could be more important than giving your children a godly foundation, especially in this evil and confused age in which we live where people are grasping for some kind of moral truth? Children need a firm biblical grounding and they need the wise counsel of both father and mother. Verse 3. Do not give your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings. Now, I see this as more evidence that this advice came from Bathsheba. She was an eyewitness to how adultery brought such harm to David's family. David's sons, Ammon and Absalom, both died, really, as a result of David's sin. Now, God forgave David. But in a sense, David was never quite the same after he fell into the sin of adultery. In the present day, how many spiritual, political, and business leaders have we seen fall to this sin? It destroys their marriages. It embitters their children. And in the case of a spiritual leader, it can ruin their career. Adultery is a king killer. No wonder this mother, as she looked at her son who would be king, thought it important to warn him about the ways of the seductress. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes intoxicating drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing, and wine to those who are bitter of heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. Now here is another vice that is the ruin of many kings and others in positions of authority. So it's not for kings to drink wine or to become intoxicated because it ruins their ability to think clearly. They cannot exercise sound judgment while under the influence. They would forget the law and pervert justice. We have the example of King Belshazzar, the grandson of King Nebuchadnezzar, who had a royal party in Babylon and brought in the holy vessels of the Lord, and he drank from them and praised the gods of gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. This was his undoing, for he would lose his life that very night because of this sacrilegious act. Herod Antipas, on his birthday party, called for Herodias' daughter to come and dance for him and his guests. No doubt the wine was flowing freely at this feast that he gave for his officials. Now the girl so pleased him that he said to her, Ask me whatever you want and I will give it to you. 
Herod had no idea that she would ask for the head of John the Baptist. And because of his reputation before his guests, he did not want to back down from his promise. But how much of this was because he had been drinking that day and was intoxicated? God also told the priests not to drink wine or intoxicating drink while ministering in the tabernacle lest they die. That's Leviticus 10.9. Now here, Lemuel's mother tells him to give strong drink to those who are perishing and wine to those who are bitter of heart. In other words, there were medicinal reasons for drinking wine. The Apostle Paul told Timothy, No longer drink only water, but use a little wine for your stomach's sake and for your frequent infirmities. But notice he never told him to get drunk. Paul also wrote in 1 Timothy 3 that one of the qualifications of overseers in the church is that they should not be given to wine or addicted to wine. Again, what seems to be in view here is for those who are in spiritual authority to not come under the influence of anything that would hinder their clear-headed exercise of their duties. King Lemuel's mother saw that this was a vice that destroyed kings, and she wanted her son to have no part of it. Verse 8, Open your mouth for the speechless in the cause of all who are appointed to die. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. Often the poor, the needy, the foreigners, those who are appointed to die, they may be taken advantage of and fail to receive justice. Therefore, King Lemuel's mother wanted him to be a voice for those who had no voice, to stand up and courageously fight for the helpless. Now, such a courageous and just king or leader is a great blessing to the people he serves. We need such strong leaders who are committed to righteousness. Jesus was such a leader. He came to the defense of the woman who was caught in the act of adultery when her accusers wanted to stone her and they said, well, Jesus, Moses said in the law that she should be stoned, but what do you say? And of course, Jesus said, well, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. He came to her defense. They all left her and he said, woman, where are your accusers? And she said, there are none. And he said, well, neither do I accuse you, go and sin no more. Then he also came to the defense of Mary when she anointed his head and feet with the pure oil of spikenard, which was so costly it was worth a year's wages. And uh, Judas criticized her for not selling this costly oil and giving it to the poor, but we are told that he didn't really care about the poor, he just wanted the money. So Jesus defended her and said, look, she has done a good thing. She has anointed me for my burial and wherever this gospel is preached, so this story will be told about her. Then Jesus also defended his disciples when the Pharisees accused them of not following their hand-washing rituals before eating. He defended those whom he healed on the Sabbath when the Jews confronted them about not coming to be healed on the Sabbath but coming a different day. Jesus is such a king who rescues the oppressed and he comes to the defense of those who are wrongly accused. He is a father to the fatherless 
and a protector of widows. He is a friend of strangers and indeed to everyone who trusts in him. May God help us all to follow his example. So these are just the beginnings of the advice that Bathsheba or whoever it was gives to her son, uh, King Lemuel. And tomorrow we get into the wonderful advice that she gives to him about how to find the right woman. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the good counsel that we received from our father and our mother and grandparents, Lord. And how important it is, Father, for us to take the time to train up our children in the way that they should go, knowing that when they grow older, they won't depart from it, Lord. And I just pray that in this day in which we live, Lord, give us wisdom and grace to impart faith and truth and righteousness into the hearts of the next generation. We ask this in your name, Lord, and pray that you would give us the grace to do so. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941theboys.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. What is desirable in a woman? Tomorrow, we'll see where King Lemuel's mother gives him advice in what to look for in a virtuous wife. She is an amazing woman. We hope you'll join us as we conclude the book of Proverbs on Simply the Bible.